0: You are listening to No PC Allowed, aka No Political Correctness Allowed. And I am Mac Iverson. What's it all about, this war on cash? First, who declared it on whom and why? Did we, who greatly understand the vital necessity of cash, start this war? Did we declare war on them, the anti-cashers? No, of course not. They want what we have, which is our cash, our money. They want to expand their business model greatly to make money on tracked transactions, where now they're making no money on cash, because obviously cash is untrackable. This war on cash is a key intersectionality with the Deep State's war on freedom. Without cash, there can be no freedom. They also want we, the consumers, to make more spontaneous purchases, continuously, even while the customer sleeps with automatic payments, auto renewals, and auto drop ships. It's an amazing totalitarian business plan, but there is one major overriding problem. It ultimately defeats that same consumer because continual tracking means loss of freedom and isolating the politically incorrect for persecution. This war on cash is a key intersectionality with the deep state's war on freedom. Without cash, there can be no freedom. Their setup is that they are doing no real work. Through artificial intelligence or AI tracking, they simply have it set up where they basically have all our transactions scanned and they take a percentage. This is no way to make money. Not one drop of sweat is expended. It's similar to the way a blood-sucking leech survives and thrives by attaching itself to an organism. That leech reminds me of an American welfare recipient. They do nothing. Just suck the blood dry of the hard-working middle class. Same thing here. No cash in pocket means you can't buy it. But plastic is constantly there, making it incredibly easy to spend and much tougher to save. Debt for the masses is always the best friend of the tyrant. Power over is the main narcotic for these elite globalist mafia scum. The excuse that the simple-minded are always so hypnotized on is, well... Doing away with cash is good for the economy because it makes it easier to buy more and more stuff. No, that is not good for the personal economies of the middle class and poor. It's only good for those who are cashing in on going cashless. Everything nefarious in society is, if you could represent it with any geometric shape, would ultimately always end up resembling a pyramid. The war on cash is, bottom line, good for the few at the top and hurts those at the bottom. The excuse that, well, it makes it easier for you to spend and to go into debt is not a real benefit, so it's an obvious scam. And this functions a lot like a pyramid scam. All such scams are illegal, so that begs the obvious question. Then why is this war on cash even happening? The answer is, the enemies of freedom see a gaping hole of opportunity, but wars cannot be fought let alone one, if soldiers on our side don't even show up for the fight. Every single American social ill, without exception, is here because we don't have enough foot soldiers willing to fight what ails us. That is where you, dear listener, are supposed to come in. This war on cash is biblical. The godless need to control others to feel relevant Christianity is never about controlling others. It is anathema to our beliefs. We believe in a certain degree of free will, to choose between good and evil, between God and Satan. Cashlessness is evil because it harkens to global governance, clearly demonized in the book of Revelation. The main logic here is that every tract purchase eventually leads to the total annihilation of freedom of choice. Corrupt and fallen man wants this. But God can't send someone to hell or welcome them into heaven if they never had that personal choice delivered to them in the first place. That's why deceased young children automatically go to heaven. They never really had the chance to choose. They were too immature. Governmental tyranny isn't the sole demon here. Huge payment processing companies are salivating at getting a piece of every transaction globally that is a multi-billion dollar industry. Data collectors stand to profit massively as well. Putting the world in chains can be very good for some businesses. So they get rich while simultaneously putting themselves in chains. And they thought getting filthy rich this way would make them happy. If government in cahoots with corporate players can eliminate cash from the system, they can control everything you do, and I mean everything. In the USA, there's something known as Operation Choke Point. Yes, they actually named it that. This is being used to close legitimate businesses because a particular leftist administration doesn't like what you or your business, for example, if it's a pawn shop or check-cashing business or some other cash-dependent enterprise, and so it forces your bank to close your accounts, which can ruin your business. So if this garbage is going on right now, think how much easier Operation Choke Point can quickly turn into Operation Choke Hold in a cashless system. The government has also created runaway inflation, that invisible tax that especially hurts the hard-working middle class and poor the most. Inflation and the war on cash is the one-two punch being intentionally used to knock out the financial heart of the more conservative, non-elite middle class. It's all about power over street-fighting politics. Cash is frustrating to greedy governments, and so the more they have, and the less you, the average American, has, the more power they have to create hell on earth for you. But that's difficult with the cash system. So cashless is the obvious way to create this dystopia. The reason things are so lopsided, evil, in government these days is because the godless tend to put their faith in government and man. And the God-centered never looked to government or man for their salvation. And so now, Most of the greedy bad guys are in government or lobbying for massive payoffs within crony corporations. Money seldom really fully satisfies, much to their chagrin. They think more money will, but it doesn't. Their souls are starving for God, but their lusts blind them to that truth. And so they keep manipulating and hoarding and keep stroking and spoking that hamster wheel, hoping that someday... That hamster wheel will deliver them to a hedonistic paradise. But we all know that hamster wheels don't really go too far. If I were to ask you, what is the future of cash? And you were to say, well, it's not good. Who is that really answering? Is that really you? Or is it the well-funded anti-cash propaganda bought and paid for by the government, and deep state corporate banking coffers. Can we even believe our own common sense anymore? Indeed, what does common sense say about a cash versus a cashless system? Countries with the highest tax rates are the ones pushing hardest for no cash. That should tell you something. Less than 2% of Sweden's transactions are cash. The USA is about 20% cash. And we hear all the excuses for going cashless. Terrorists use cash. Well, terrorists use lots of things, and they don't need to use cash to be effective terrorists. They're clever and crafty that way. Large bills were removed from circulation after 1969 to ostensibly fight organized crime. That only hurt the truly small bit players. It did not put a dent in the major established crime syndicates who simply shifted tactics. Not only do we have government-created inflation to hurt savers, but there's also something called the Federal Reserve's Near-Zero Interest Rate Policy, or ZERP, and many elites can't wait to drive interest rates below zero or charging savers for keeping money in the bank. The only way they can do that is to eliminate cash. People will leave money in banks for negative interest rates if we go cashless. Then it will all be over for freedom and self-determination, except for the elites. In America, cash has been confiscated by law enforcement for citizens having as little as $2,400 in cash when traveling. Why? The excuse is they might be a drug dealer. Most bills have drugs like cocaine residue. Police dogs sniff it out, and boom, it's auto-assumed that they're drug dealers. So they lose all their money without regard to their constitutional rights against Unreasonable search and seizure. Sometimes the money is retrieved after a long, drawn out process, but not always. Sometimes the innocent are abused without compensation here in America. Now, what's wrong with this picture? What really jumps out at you? Remember, their main excuse is to control the drug trade. Answer Our rotten government doesn't care about drugs because the Vice President Brandon crime family has erased our borders. Also, if you withdraw even a bit less than $10,000 in cash from a bank, you are automatically suspect. Many people have had their accounts closed and money seized for just that, and for the same stupid reason, fear of drugs, they tell us, when our stinking border is wide open for any MS-13 gang member to waltz right in and do all their dirty drug dealing, rapes, torturous murders and mayhem and that's a okay because these are people of color trying to escape the persecution of law and order and justice so they want to come into the usa to escape all that horrible well-deserved justice now if all that sounds completely insane to you welcome to america Established in 2012, the United Nations Better Than Cash Alliance is a group of governments and businesses who want to accelerate the shift to electronic payments. Members include the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, of course, City Cards, the Clintons, they bring lots of legitimacy to it, MasterCard and Visa and Coca-Cola and many others. It's all about power and money. This foundation's main tool is massive paid propaganda. They talk about the need for Financial inclusion, which is code for socialism slash communism, that is meant to permanently cripple those who already struggle with money, to keep them in the poorhouse forever, with tons of easy, fee ridden electronic payments for every little purchase that you can imagine. Privacy expert JJ Luna offers several advantages to making routine purchases with cash, and note none of these reasons indicates any criminal intent. 1. Impulse purchases are virtually eliminated. If you don't have the money on hand, you can't buy it. 2. You don't have to make monthly payments on debt and you don't incur interest expense and bank overdraft fees. 3. Cash purchases often qualify for discounts. 4. Using cash is one of the best protections against identity theft. And you don't have to produce a driver's license or reveal your home address. And number 5, If the electronic payment system goes down, like after a hurricane, having cash on hand will allow you to continue to buy food and meet your basic needs. Despite what some people say, most stores have systems in place to accept cash payments when their electronic payment terminals are down. Cash is still king. Now, let's take a look at how government-created inflation inflames the war against us. In David McCree's excellent book, The War on Cash, he writes... When the Federal Reserve creates new money, inflation will not result until the money is spent in the economy. This means that the people who get their hands on the new money first can spend it before it loses value through inflation. Who gets it first? The government, banks, Wall Street, big business. By the time the money gets down to you and me, it has already been circulating in the economy and has lost part of its value through inflation. The U.S. dollar has lost about 99% of its purchasing power since 1913, yet we have much more comfortable lifestyles now that we did 100 years ago and can afford many more consumer goods. Almost everyone has a car and a computer and a television, etc. How is this possible? Imagine how much better off we'd be if there had been no inflation. It is hard to contemplate. In 1985, a top-of-the-line computer like the IBM PC-AT might have cost $4,000 to $6,000 and had up to 512 megabytes of memory and a 30-megabyte hard drive. You couldn't run a smartphone with such little memory and disk space. An average desktop computer today might cost $600 and come with a terabyte hard drive and 8 gigabytes of memory. Technology, productivity improvements, and cheaper labor drop the price from $6,000 to $600 while increasing performance astronomically. What if there had been no improvements in technology and worker productivity? What would that same IBM PC-AT cost in today's dollars? The answer is that the $6,000 computer would cost over $14,000 in today's dollars. The reduction in price between the IBM PC-AT in 1985 and today's desktop with far more memory... Disc space and processing power is entirely due to improvements in technology, worker productivity, and the use of cheap foreign labor. A top-of-the-line gaming computer can be purchased today for $1,800. The effects of inflation are hidden and overwhelmed by technology and cheap labor. The government loves this because it allows them to more easily get away with creating inflation." Unquote. And now let's look at another aspect of this war on cash, the crime of structuring. David McCree continues, Structuring transactions is a crime by itself, even if you're not committing any other crime. Let me be clear. The IRS and Department of Justice considers a series of deposits or withdrawals, each under $10,000 but adding up to more than $10,000 in total, to be sufficient evidence of structuring to confiscate money in the accounts involved without any other evidence of wrongdoing. Carol Henders of Arnold's Park, Iowa, owned a Mexican restaurant for nearly 40 years. Her restaurant did not accept credit cards or debit cards, cash only. Naturally, she made significant cash deposits on a daily basis, all under $10,000. The bank reported her for structuring, and the IRS seized her checking account with over $30,000 in it. She had done nothing wrong, but it didn't matter. To keep her business going, she had to mortgage her house. Henders was not being charged with money laundering or with failing to pay taxes on the money. She was guilty only of depositing less than $10,000 at a time. Ironically, sometimes bank tellers advise businesses to keep deposits under $10,000 to avoid the reporting requirement. South Mountain Creamery in Middleton, Maryland did just that on the advice of a bank teller. The IRS seized $67,000 of their money, of which the IRS got to keep $29,000. The Institute for Justice, a nonprofit organization that specializes in monitoring and challenging civil asset forfeitures, obtained. IRS data that showed from 2005 to 2012, the IRS seized more than $242 million for suspected structuring violations in more than 2,500 cases. At least a third of those cases arose from nothing more than a series of cash transactions under $10,000 with no other criminal activity alleged. On average, it takes a year to recover the money seized. The fact that nearly half of the $242 million eventually had to be returned is evidence that's seizing much more than can be justified. President Trump signed the Taxpayer First Act in 2019 to stop the IRS from seizing cash that was not involved in a criminal act other than structuring. Unfortunately, this law does not apply to the Department of Justice, which continues to to engage in seizures merely for suspected structuring. Propagandists for the war on cash have their convenient arguments all lined up. Operating in cash costs 0.5% of the GDP every year. There's also a rising demand caused by ease of use. They claim cash causes tax evasion, maybe for smaller players, but the biggest tax evaders are obviously big money earners, They use digital currencies all the time, and they still manage to evade tax audits. It's a laughable argument that these shady elites love to use. Here's the main problem. A cashless system equals political persecution made easy. Isn't it bad enough now with the persecution of the January 6th patriots and the weaponization of the Justice Department against President Trump? Add monetary terrorism into the fold, and they turn government bullying and tyranny into a perfected science. High-tech bank robberies occur, hacking personal data, which means big-money rip-offs for these cashless scammers. Years ago, Capital One had 106 million clients' personal details were just stolen. Poof. Next, there's the CBDC, or Central Bank Digital Currency. Corrupted by woke stupidity, nations like in Western Europe, the U.S., Canada, and Australia, for example, may try to sell you snake oil in the form of saying, we need to lower inflation. So the government will program the CBDC to tell you if you want to lower inflation to spend your money here, but not here, 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 or here. So it becomes sort of like A high-tech, mile-long Soviet breadline. Either you get in line and take what we offer you, or you have to suffer through whatever percent of inflation that your government has created for you. Also, with CBDCs, the government can now mandate expiration dates on your money, so you won't be able to save. Hey, we don't want you to hoard your own money. That's not fair to the LGBTWTFs or to the pedophile, handicapped, javelin and discus-tossing trans leprechauns of the world. So we need to set expiration dates on your own money. You know, just to make it fair. In the land of the loony PC woke, that makes perfect sense. Also, if you are tracked going to Burger King too often, or eat too much chocolate, or drink too much coffee... They may turn you down for an operation because, hey, your bad health is your fault, so we're not going to pay for it. Or if you're tracked, and because of the Internet of Things, it's all tied in, if you're tracked as driving too fast or running too many yellow lights, then we need to levy special taxes on you because you're a danger to society. And because they can track you now, they can make it all retroactive. So they can fine you millions of dollars that way. Notice the theme here. It all benefits the freedom-stealing elites and hurts just us regular folks. Another excuse for going cashless. To prevent bank runs. They can auto-freeze your money. If given that much power, obviously they can't be trusted at all. The a-hole, a-Canadian government under that douche Justin Trudeau froze millions of dollars in donations to truckers protesting unnecessary and tyrannical COVID mandates. An unending dystopian nightmare is what we have to look forward to if we go cashless with this CBDC woke stupidity. Many economic tyrants are trying to trick many stupid brainwashed Americans into believing that economic prosperity can be commanded by forcing us to spend rather than to save money. Remember what that WEF despot Klaus Schwab said. In the near future, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Banking institutions could simply switch on negative interest rates if the government wants you to spend more, penalizing savers endlessly to help dirty politicians get reelected endlessly. In the book of Revelation, the mark of the beast is that you won't be able to buy and sell without it. And the deep state is pounding hard on that door. In 2012, Lois Lerner simply denied tax-exempt status to all tea parties. So the barbarians are already at the gate. And they cannot wait to get their filthy paws on all of your money. And to punish you mercilessly into the permanent hell of never-ending poverty. The following is from theconversation.com. A cashless society means a country's economy is vulnerable to anything that causes a long-term disruption in power, communications, or security, and those threats are rising. The number of natural disasters in the U.S., the impact of them, is increasing, and wars are no longer being fought using just conventional weapons. Today, the computers that control a country are playing a much bigger role. Shifting to a cashless economy makes a country more vulnerable to both disasters and wars. National defense is not only about boots, guns, and bullets, it is about keeping the economy running at all times. Cash can ensure the economy won't collapse in an emergency, since people with cash are still able to buy and sell. Store some cash at home in case of emergency. When disaster is about to strike and it's time to flee, having cash in your wallet or purse can make the difference. Cash gives you purchasing power when everything else fails. Shifting to a cashless economy makes a country far more vulnerable to both disasters and wars. And disasters can be manufactured out of pure fantasy. Look no further than the COVID scam. And wars? Just look at China and Russia. How are we getting along with them these days? Tracking everything means a massive tax increase on everybody because almost everyone uses banks. So there can be a dirty surcharge on every transaction. Now, a surcharge can be almost 100% profit. It's like an arbitrary mystery tax on the average Joe. Today, banks are only arms of the government. They are mostly bankrupt, except for the deep state policies that keep them alive. They're called fractional reserve banks. They can only pay off a fraction of their debts. Here's the bottom line. Money that doesn't really exist should not just terrify you, it should enrage you. What if by fiat, a government orders an institution to close your account because you're not woke or you don't support homosexual marriage, for example, and therefore you're deemed a terrorist threat? That really clarifies things. Are we completely out of our minds for even contemplating for a minute going cashless? Action steps. These again from David McCree's book. Number one. Because having phone apps makes it so easy to spend your hard-earned money, delete all apps on your phone. If possible, also get an old-fashioned dumb phone, a flip phone, just for calls. If you must use a smartphone, get a RFID signal-blocking pouch, a good quality one from Mission Darkness. You can find them on the web. They specialize in selling such things to law enforcement. Whenever you are out and about, put your phone in the bag. As long as it is properly sealed in the bag, it can neither transmit nor receive data from the internet. It cannot record your location or determine your speed or direction. It cannot make or receive calls or text messages. I presume it can hear your voice, though. Action step number two, cash. Use it or lose it. Pay for your groceries with cash. Buy gasoline with cash. Buy as much as you possibly can with cash. Make your department store and discount store purchases in person with cash and avoid using their discount cards whenever possible. Those cards are just another way to gather data on your behavior and preferences so they can sell it. But of course, avoid carrying too much cash at once. Also, very important, action step number three, cut out debt as soon as possible. Number four, stack silver and gold. And action step number five, get organized politically, locally, and learn how to barter. The Amish are looking smarter and smarter and smarter, exponentially so. Remember, this war on cash is really a war on all your freedoms, and it is nothing more than a fiat currency scam on steroids. We must never, ever accept defeat. Please make absolutely certain that you follow us on Twitter at no PC Allowed spelled A L O U D. Again, that's at no PC Allowed spelled A L O U D. Share with your friends and family on Twitter. Share a review and get the word out absolutely everywhere to everyone. You've been listening to No PC Allowed. I am Mac Iverson. We will meet again next week and every week.